Gate 14 podcast, the Jano interview, heard around the world. The Gate 14 guys, we just finished recording with Jano. What an interview. What an interview to look forward to. The guy's electric. Let's get some fucking, let's get some feelings out here. Avery, how do you feel? How do you, Jano's a beauty. I made it clear. I mean, I love that guy. He's, <laughs> we said it before. We are talking. He's got to be one of the fan favorites on the team. He's been here 2018 i mean how many other people can you say that about but what a goddamn guy mm-hmm. and it was awesome to see him rake last year so we wish nothing nothing but the best for jano especially the only current blue jay to come on this podcast as our other friend gone to pittsburgh but no awesome man what a guy he was yeah. always in the good books for gate 14 because of johnny but but now this is this is new level man coming on i don't even know what our what these listeners and viewers are going to do like this is our first they don't even know how to react with someone like a current jay coming on he becomes our official guy our first really official guy of the pod so i mean i'm excited to see us just cheer on channel all year and to be honest i'm excited that he's you know we for sure know that he's gonna be back and uh excited for the new year yeah i mean you want to talk about like in, in the vibes that Jano gives me is, is he's just like, he's just a normal dude that happens to be good at baseball. <laughs> like if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't be like, that guy's a big leaguer. Right. Yeah. I wanted he- to ask him, like looking back now, I wanted to ask him if he's going to play in the world baseball class, because that guy should definitely mm-hmm. be there. But JT Romuto's catching for the U S though. It's only tough. I mean, you can't catch every game, right? Who's the oh. backup? There's gotta be someone else coming. Will Smith. Maybe. Oh, those guys are really good. <laughs> that's why I didn't. That's why I didn't ask the question. He would have been like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> but that's uh, why I didn't ask the question. Yeah, it's just obviously. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy he came on. Um, it's a long time coming. Obviously, he had a kid. He has a kid, so I just obviously wanted to kind of give him some time and like get adjusted to like being a father and stuff like that. I don't want to like fucking hound him uh, to come on and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I mean, just electric, had a zen in the entire time. Just an absolute, like, guy's guy. Just a beauty. One thing that uh, him and I did, how him and I became such good friends was after every single podcast we would do, or I, this was the funniest thing. So after the first podcast we did, uh, he's like, all right, like, I was like, thanks for coming on, man. He's like, he's like, wait. He's like, do you want to pack a dip right now? I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, so I went upstairs, grabbed it. We just had a dip and just shot the shit on the Zoom for like 30 minutes. After <laughs> I thought you guys, it sounded like you guys were together when he asked. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, did you want to pack a dip? I was like, yeah, sure. Right, so we just packed it dip and just shot the shit on the Zoom for like 30 minutes. He's just, he's such a good dude. Like, I, I just don't understand how people could hate it. Like, no, hate he him. can't. You know, no need. We were talking though. Like, he's one of, like, he's the veteran. He's like an OGJ. Like, we don't have many of those. We don't have any of those could you really? imagine the storm that would be a flame if jano got traded though like because yeah. because you know they were mad with fucking lordis right like mm-hmm. jano is like a like a close i guess as close to like a fan favorite as you could get and if the jays gave him like trade him fucking pandemonium in the streets i think we also kind of forget how young he is he's 26 I forgot to ask yeah. him, and I can't. Is... I'm just having a fucking meltdown. I can't unlock my phone. I can't go into so my he's phone. Twenty-seven. He'll be twenty-eight this year. That is young, though. To be honest, like I'm, I'm kind of yeah. shocked. Like Varsho, like when when I was thinking about it, we were thinking about. I thought Jansen just off the top was like three, four years older than him. Like Varsho's uh, th- twenty-six. 
So it it's is crazy. like, yeah, it is. But like, he just, I mean, this is a guy who's, who's been in the league for since he was, I guess it'd be 2018. So since he was, he really Geno hasn't played right? that many big league games. If you look at it, 31 in 2018, 107, 2019, 43, 2020, 70, 2021, and then 72 in 2022. That's like not that many big league games, man. He's, and then he steps into his own kind of this season, man, and just rakes mm-hmm. all year. That's so. I feel like that's the problem a lot, though, with like fan bases. They don't give prospects a lot of time to adjust to the big league level. Yeah. Like he obviously came to his own, like what, three years in? Like last year was kind of the year where it was like, and actually kind of towards the end of 2021, I want to say he was raking, right? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. you you gotta give guys chances to like I, I maybe we're out of fault for this too, but you gotta give guys chances to like get into their own and stuff like that as well. So um I'm excited for like the people listen to it. It's a great interview. Jano obviously opens up to us. He's obviously comfortable with me. So he kind of, he wasn't like, you could tell he wasn't reserved with the stuff he was saying or like stuff like that, but he's just, he's just, he's just like that. I mean, that's just, he just kind of keeps to himself. Not really big on social media and just like a guy's he's from Wisconsin for fuck's sakes. Uh, there's maybe like 30 people that went through his high school. Dalton Varsho didn't go to his high school though. That's for sure. Dalton Varsho. So yeah, I mean, Obviously, happy just, end of the year to the Gate 14 podcast. What a goddamn year. What I will say this, and I say this all the time on the podcast. This the trajectory of this show and like the what is it, seven months old? Like not even like we started in what April? Yeah, so, when was that DM you sent me? That yeah. was the yeah, like history. we started like our first episode was in April. How big this podcast is seven months in is absurd. And it like it's it just accustomed to all the listeners and like the loyal the fan, like the, the the people that could listen, like even if we're, we have nothing to talk about, they listen. Um, it, like it's just crazy. Like that. Just looking back on 2022, man. I mean, it's something we're not done yet, obviously, but it's just like it's something out of my fucking wildest dreams. Like how far this podcast has come. Like we've worked our asses off, rightfully so, obviously, with it. But man, it's just been fucking wild. Like I've never really had an opportunity to really talk about that. It's just it's been insane. Yeah, wouldn't be done without the people listening, man. That's for mm-hmm. sure. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Cap and, uh, it off with the Jano interview. It's been perfect year. That's just a great ending. I had to do like it, it's just the best ending to the year. Like obviously, the people have been asking for it for a while. Like they want Jano on the podcast. They want to see Jano. Kind of. I know Jano does podcasts like before and with like I, I know he did the Gibby show and stuff like that. But that's more of like a corporate reserve where oh, he's not he did get... that show. Yeah, he God did that show. But it, it's like. <laughs> It's he's going to be more reserved with that because that's like his former fucking yeah. manager talking to him. Yeah, right? that's like, yeah, that's like a boss. Yeah, like We're talking to your boss. Yeah, like with us, it's like something that like obviously he was comfortable. It was just we treat, mm-hmm. like it was like he was just talking to a couple guys at the bar. And that's why that's why I think the people are really going to love this episode. And uh, I'm just in shambles right now. My phone doesn't fucking work. I can't. <laughs> my screen is where I can't turn it off. I, I don't know what to do. We, we signed uh fernandez by the way who the the pitcher from the rockies that tops at 103 yeah we just nicholson just tweeted that we we signing him really yeah that's just the guy Mm -hmm. you just signed because of the radar gun yeah oh he's 20 he's 27 (laughs) really yeah he's only 27 here's a look at julian fernandez throwing 102 past dansby 
That that's rock star shit. <laughs> Avery, get that get that on the gate fourteen. Because like I said, I I have no access to a phone. I'm living in the nineteen thirties right now. Ben Nicholson Smith tweeted that. Yeah, and it that doesn't cost. Is, it's in his thread, Abe. That's okay. rocket yeah. arm. That's a rocket arm. He well, let's get let's get them to the interview, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, guys. So here you have it. One the highly touted interview with my guy, fellow four-eyed freak, uh, Danny Jansen. I hope you guys enjoy this, man, as much as we did. Um, keep running up the numbers. Tell your tell your cousins. Tell your friends about this interview. Mark this date on the calendar. This is the date that Gate 14 took over the podcasting industry. We love you guys as always. Happy New Year from all of us. Let's make 2023 a movie. Let's get a World Series. And uh, we'll be with you guys on the other side of the year. See you guys in 2023. Gate 14 to the fucking moon. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. Gate 14 podcast. And holy shit, to end the new year. To end the year, sorry. We got a special guest. The third guest to ever come on the podcast. Some are saying we're just the catcher's podcast. It's my good friend who happens to be the starting catcher for the Wagon Toronto Blue Jays, Danny Jansen. Jano, how are we doing, brother? What's up, man? <laughs> doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Um, we're fired up to get you, man. I mean, these guys, I mean, we've been talking about this on the pod for months, and I just, I saw you had a kid. Credit to me for being respectful. I asked you to come on once the kid was a little settled in. Um, so I, the guys are fired up here. So I'll, I'll be honest, man. This is big for the brand. Uh, welcome to the gate 14 crew. Now we have your back forever. I know people get mad at me for always standing up for you on TikTok and stuff like that. It's going to be way worse. So just people just prepare for that. Um, Avery, you mentioned something about Jano with the glasses that I want you to bring up here. What, what's the glasses comment you have for him? Okay. Well, I was an Oakley guy when I played, but I got a fat face. So I would play like late at night, sweaty face. And I would like just fog up totally when yeah. I was playing. How bad is that for you? Or do normal people deal with that too? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say my face is all that slim, but uh, so I deal with it too a little bit. So I'll tell you what, man, we play in certain places. Like I've been in Baltimore in the summer and humid and I, I'm seeing out of like a corner. I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I, I'm like this kind of like looking like, like, all right, here we go. And yeah. I got, like, uh, got these lens wipes. So I try to put them in my back pocket throw the ball back quick, just a quick little wipe, get, you know, you know, whatever you got to do to kind of get them. So that's uh, definitely not just a you thing. It happens to me all the time. It's kind of frustrating, but we got to do what we got to do, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're catching, that's got to be an absolute nightmare if you start fogging up while the pitch is coming in too. <laughs> yeah, I try to like breathe differently. I try all different things, you know what I mean? So it happens, <laughs> but uh, not all the time. Yeah, and speaking of a Baltimore, I guess we got to talk about this as well. There was obviously a little bit of a rivalry going on with you guys last year. And listen, I got kind of I caught it online a lot because I'm a Brian Baker guy. He's been on my other podcast. He's one of the he's a great guy. Was there an was it just like a fan made up rivalry between you and the Baltimore Orioles, like your team and the Orioles, or was there like legit not bad blood, but like a, a little bit of hate between both those teams? I think that it's a competitive division, as you know, and I think that. Um, you know, we come down the stretch playing meaningful ball games. So obviously the, you know, the atmosphere is bigger and, uh, you know, it's, they're more, they're more important games if, you know, if you will, right. And mm -hmm. down the stretch, you know, every game's important, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Baltimore obviously was, um, you know, the, the team that was, you know, coming together this year and, and playing some good ball. So I think that, you know, obviously these games to get some emotions when you're battling each other and, and fighting for playoff spots and all these things, you know, so. Um, at the end of the day, that's, that's, you know, fun baseball, all these, you know, get down to the stretch and you're playing these meaningful games. So 
Yeah, but I mean, it, it's weird because Baker was like playing with you guys last year. So I, I saw some comments from like Bo and all those guys saying like he was all I know of him. He was in our fantasy football league. Are you in that fantasy football league with bait with like last year with Baker and all those guys? Or you just you bowed out of it? No, I, I wasn't in it. Um, I've said I love my fantasy football. Uh, I'm in too many leagues, but uh, no, I wasn't in that one. Um, and I I played with him like when I was rehabbing uh, in 2021 a little bit, but, um, so I don't really know big all that. Well, I, I don't know. It was just kind of a, um, uh, it's an emotional thing. And, and it was just kind of, uh, it was kind of wild, you know, that obviously that one game. So yeah, I don't really got much. I got, I got a question for you. It, I heard what your nickname is and it just like blew me off my feet. So I want to you to tell the people what your nickname is, who gave you the caboose as a nickname and just why. The caboose. I mean, I think, I think me and Johnny were talking I about. I think it. actually, yeah, I came up with it. Hand up. Yeah, I just. I tried mean, to... you said everyone called him that, Johnny. Well, I, well, that's something that I tried to implement. Our TikTok comments started calling him the caboose. I was all in on it. It's a, it's a, it's a Johnny Junta made up nickname that is going to continue to grow. And the reason why I think I came up with that on the podcast is because he hits in the nine hole, not anymore because he just became Danny Bonds, as people call him. <laughs> He hits Daddy in the nine spot and turns the turns the lineup over. So it's it's a, the yeah. caboose, right? So it's a great I, nickname. Yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely electric. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, that nine spot, man. There's times like don't take me out of that thing. I'm rolling it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's an important job. You turn this thing around, and you got to turn around a springer, whatever you got to do. You know, lean into a ball or get hit by a ball, get on base. I mean, get a knock or. Do the job somehow. It's the nine spot, man. Second leadoff, they used to call it, right? So, yeah, important role. <laughs> I used to, I used to be uh, nine hitter myself uh, in college ball, and yeah, there we go. It's a, it's an important spot to be in. But listen, we, we actually uh, designed. Uh, Johnny probably sent you. You sent Jano the T-shirt. It, it was nine. never finished, and his name it, was spelled wrong on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah who, who one of our goals up? one of our goals is we have a new okay so i'm supposed to be the t-shirt guy of this podcast we had some major <laughs> issues last year but this year we're fixing things and new uh year's coming up right yeah big new year we're ready to go new supplier and one of our goals is to have someone on the jays wear a t-shirt batting practice so i mean right now you're our number one target if we create a custom shirt for you to wear but we're just throwing it out. I mean, hey, yeah, everybody. I mean, it's not like there's a, you know, people wear different kinds of shirts all the time. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like it's like you, you go no sleeves, like the... though. You'll just automatically mm -hmm. no sleeve the shirt. You're a no sleeve guy, right, Jano? Am I right with that? And like, like, uh, like showing off the arms. No, just the batting. Pro I, I swear I've seen you in BP with like a nice little Under Armour shirt on with no sleeves, like no sleeve shirt over top of it. Is that the style you go with? No, I, I like to, um, I usually go like like cut sweatshirt, so okay. short sleeve. I keep the sleeves on. The, the sleeve monster doesn't get me for BP, but um, I'm I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't really, you know, I'm not really picky. And obviously, the caboose shirt's pretty cool. Uh, it's <laughs> it, a cool idea. It, it was it was a good idea. It's just Avery's mm -hmm. guy, our guy Cam, just never finished it. I he, he the name was spelt wrong. He used a, Listen, a how does the name spelled wrong. Cam's not a baseball no guy. Cam's not a baseball guy. He spelled Danny Jansen wrong, which is why I mean. It'd be kind of funny. Like it's if a household actually, name, but <laughs> it'd be kind of funny if we came out with spell. those shirts, though. It'd be funny if we came out with those shirts with just a completely wrong name spelled out. <laughs> yeah. But did you happen to see? Uh, I think I sent it to you. We came up with a nickname for 
for Alejandro Kirk called Thick Jesus. It's taken over the internet. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone calls him now. <laughs> is that so, like, do you think he has a little bit of an understanding that he's Thick Jesus? Like, what's it like playing with Kirky? <laughs> it's cool, man. He's, uh, he's, he's a good dude. I, and I've seen him grow into, you know, the more confident guy, especially like with his English uh, is going from there, right? Like, obviously being a catcher, the communicating mm-hmm. with pitchers. Um, so just like, you know, him learning and doing all these things, you know, it says a lot about somebody doing that. Right. So that's been cool. And obviously playing with him, the guy rakes, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenon, a phenomenon, you know? So, uh, he's, uh, he's fun to watch, man. So it's, it's been, it's been a cool thing to watch him grow and, and, you know, seeing what he's doing. Speaking of the communicating the pitch calm this year as a catcher, do you like that way better when the pitchers use that? So at first, when I heard about it in spring, I was kind of like, you know, it was, it was just different, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but then when we get it going, like you can be creative with this thing, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can give it to them way early You can give them the sign. Like you can give them, you can press a button when you throw it back, you can do it. And then they have it, they can shake their head. No, like David Phelps was like walking around the mound, like, no, yes, no. And you go and like, you know, you, takes away some of the stress of worrying about changing signs every two pitches. Like I'm all for that, you know? So, you know, especially like with, you know, the pitch clock thing and all that, that's, that's coming out. Right. Um, it's, it's something that you could like, you could really get to get the sign down quick and it's something where you got to press the button right away. So I even saw, I remember when Austin Hedges put that, what do you, you say when he, he put himself in the mic, right? He's just like, like F yeah or whatever. And like when somebody made a cool play, like, cool stuff like that i think it's 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 unique and it it was been it was pretty cool this year i want to ask you you're talking about some of the new rules like the pitch clock as a catcher so most of these rules are coming out trying to make stealing bases more of a thing that just got to be a piss off as a catcher like the whole time it's just making your job tougher all the time yeah i mean i guess um now you pretty much know guys are gonna go so that a little bit of anticipation Mm -hmm. like i think anticipation as a catcher is, is crucial with blocking receiving and now throwing so I had a little bit of taste of it though. I was in the minor leagues with the rehab, my first rehab with my oblique. I was in low A in Dunedin and that's where they had like the pizza box bases, had the really big bases and they had the, you had to, you had to, you know, you threw over, you're going to do it twice. So the, the rule, right. Where you have to, you know, pretty much. And on the third one, I mean, <laughs> guys were gone. They were stealing. There was like 50 bags that game. I feel like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> So we just got to tune up the arm, right? tune up the accuracy and get it going. I don't know what to tell you guys. Do you, do you like that? Like as an offensive side as a thing too? Cause you're not, I mean, you're not going to steal too many bases, but I, mean, I don't know. You know. It's Hey, you never know. I got one. I got one. Crew back. <laughs> I can't believe it too. I don't feel like I'm that slow. I feel like uh, I finally got one and it was thrilling to get that one back. <laughs> Richard Blyer picked me off in like 2019. I was like, oh, I'm going to get one here, play Baltimore. And they like, you know, at that I was I was struggling. So at that I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't get picked off. Like I'm you know, I'm, I'm battling to get on base for the for my guys. And sure enough, I try to go first move and he gets me. But uh <laughs> that's beside the point. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it's it we'll see how it plays out, right? Like at first I didn't I I kind of hated the pitch uh pitch com thing and then turned into liking it. Obviously, it's more action. Um it's just it's gonna be crazy to see how it plays out, right? It's gonna be different. So um we're going in there with open mind on it, right? So uh, maybe okay. Maybe you'll see some more bags out of me. You know, I never know. Yeah, twenty twenty season incoming. 20, 2020, <laughs> 20. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, speaking about seasons, man. I mean, listen, 
if anyone you know you could probably speak on my behalf of this i pump your tires an ungodly amount just to you like if you rake you know when you go to that locker you're getting a text from johnny june to have a fucking day jano that's my guy last year was the year of danny jansen right i mean you were absolutely raking i think you had a 140 weighted runs created plus is that good you tell me how like how good and how comfortable did you feel in the batter's box last year Good. Uh, you know, it's, you know, if you know, you know me, like I, I've always been a defense first guy, like, like putting, you know, and I still stand by that. Like I'm going to do everything I can to tell myself on that side of the ball, help the team. Um, you know, I'm going to throw my body in front of balls and do all these things and really focus on defense. But and I've always given myself more time as the years have progressed. Now I've, I've learned more and more about myself. And I say that all the time, but it's really true. I mean, I feel like for me, I had to get out of my own way and it took me like, some years to finally kind of figure out how to do that. And it's been struggle. And I've always looked at struggle like, Hey, I'm going to build off it. Cause I mean, that's the most positive thing you can do on it. Right. So uh, obviously it's been some frustrating times for me over the years, but this last year I finally came in there and I said, you know what? Like there's been times where I was just like, I feel like my swing sucks, you know? And, and, and finally I was like, my swing is my swing, man. Like I'm going to embrace kind of who I am and what I do. And I'm still going to you know work my ass off defensively. And I'm going to give myself time to, to, to work, um, in the cage and I've done that, but I think this year I was like, you know what, you know, I'm not going to grind so hard on certain things. I'm going to find a couple of drills I like to do and do them every day. And I'm going to go out there and, you know, compete my ass off and, and try to help the team. And if I'm that caboose, I'm trying to, I'm trying to flip that lineup over and <laughs> you know what, like it really freed me up. So a lot of confidence, uh, obviously getting hurt twice sucked. I mean, every time I, but I felt like when I got back, um, you know, I, I kind of picked up a little bit where I left off. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was great. It was, you know, I'm proud of myself. Obviously there's areas that I'm attacking this year uh, to be better and it's always going to be like that. So uh, I'm excited. Got some, com- I got a lot more, you know, more confidence, of course, after finishing the year like that. And, but I'll tell you what, going to the off season, like it's, it's not like I'm starting from scratch where sometimes I felt like I was hitting wise, like trying to really change some things. Like I'm just building off of what I did and, and trying to improve on that. It's just been freeing all around. And that's the key for me. I mean, we thought it was MVP after opening day when you launch on opening day. Listen, was- listen to this. I, I was, I got MVP chance uh, that third game. <laughs> How funny. It might have been two people or one, but I heard it in the box at one point. I know Springer told me he was on deck, and he's like, I, I think I told him after the game, I was like, dude, you have MVP chance. Like, oh. <laughs> it was, it was, it was funny. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was a. Uh, you know, it's been a big, you know, uh, continue to learn from me and, and, you know, improving. And I finally feel like I, I figured out how to get out of my own way and I can really kind of, you know, let myself go. You're, you're talking about a lot about being a defensive first guy. Someone who's not in the big leagues doesn't know what is like game planning like differently for the pitchers every game, because there is so much that goes into that every game that people on the outside don't really understand it. When people say you want a defensive first catcher, like, oh, no, we want them that can just hit everything as well. It's like, obviously you'd like both, but what goes into game right. plans for like different guys on the staff as well. Yeah. It's, it's a very, um, you know, it's, it's a process, you know, it really is. We have the first game of every series, we have meetings and we're talking about the guys coming up and we have starting pitcher meetings. We have bullpen meetings and obviously as a catcher and all those, you're talking with, uh, talking with, um, you know, talking with the guys that are, that are, you know, uh, behind the scenes and doing all these things for, for data and all that. Right. So, um, it's, it's, it's cool. It's been a process learning about how to do that too and manage that. And, um, you know, I think that game planning preparation is the biggest thing and it's about getting a game plan with your guy, start a pitcher. It's not always going to go that way. 
it, you know, it's, it's a lot of times you got to make it audible during the, during the game, but as long as you're prepared and you've done your research and you've, you've communicated and you're getting on the same page with all your guys, then, then you can make that adjustment uh, easier, you know, and, and there's trust being built. Trust is the biggest thing as a catcher. And it's something that, you know, you, you, it's fun to go to battle with guys, you know, you got each other's backs and there's nothing better. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Barrios a little bit. I think uh, he's been a guy that we've all been, we all know, we think that he's going to have a bounce back year. And I think a lot of Jays fans, they, you know, they were, he definitely didn't have the year, you know, he wanted to obviously with the new contract coming over. Um, but I mean, there's high expectations for him, but we think that he's going to bounce back. And I want to know from you kind of like, you know, kind of to ease Jays fans kind of, you know, who, what Barrios is like in the yeah. locker room and like from a confidence level and, and with his stuff, we all know he has nasty stuff, but I want to hear a right. little bit about Barrios from you. Yeah, man. He's a tremendous dude. Awesome guy. Class act. Um, works his tail off. You know, there's nobody, uh, he's, he's very accountable. Like he knows, um, you know, after a tough start, man, he's, he's beating himself up. You can tell mm -hmm. that, but he's going to go in, he's going to dive into it. He's going to talk with Pete. He's going to talk with, um, you know, with the other guys too, and, and, and really just kind of pick their brains and see what they can do better. So the guy is always, he's something that when he struggled, he's, he's, he's learned from it quick and he's trying to, and he, and he works hard. And uh, I mean, the guy's in the weight room all the time, just getting better. And, and he's a class act. He really is. So um, yeah, I truly believe he's got to bounce back too. He's, he's so good. He's so talented. He's got great stuff, great pitches. Um, he's, yeah, obviously he's had, you know, he's had tough starts and he would have a, a great game too you know obviously it's you know he wants to be a little bit more consistent i know nobody's wants that to happen more than him and he works hard so i believe that it will happen i, I gotta talk about kevin gossman i'm i'm fascinated by him i texted logan uh, <laughs> logan webb about him telling him i need him on this podcast he's the most electric guy of all time and i i could be wrong on this and actually logan webb debunked this i said he packs a new dip every single inning Apparently he just puts a new piece of gum in his mouth. So I've been kind of lying on the internet about it for a long period of time. What's it like catching Kevin Gossman? Like what, what's his preparation? What makes him different than like other pitchers? Yeah. He's got one of the best off speeds in the baseball. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a weapon. Now the only thing is you don't want to get too, um, too obvious, I guess, when you're using it, right. The splitter is, is dominant and, um, you know, it's a devastating pitch. So, I mean, Gauze is, is really fun to catch. The guy throws hard. He's been in the sixth inning, still throwing 97. And, and uh, you know, he's always been a, a fastball command guy. When we're doing bullpens, um, you know, there's been times where I would catch catch his pen, and he's got, like, the like the little plastic dummy in there, and he's, he's pinpointing, or he's got the strings. Have you guys seen the, the bullpens where they, they put up strings yeah. and stuff yeah. like that? And he's trying to get into the lanes. I mean, also like nobody does it better than Gauze. He, he's pinpoint on all quadrants, and that's something that really elevates his splitter. So that's something he has to do. And and the guy can throw down, he throws up. Obviously, he throws up a lot. He throws up and in, up and away. Um, he lets it eat, and then he's got the slider, which he we we actually you know one of his last starts we used it more than we we kind of threw everybody off because you know obviously the splitter is the pitch, but start sprinkling some sliders and we punch some guys out with it. It was like. Here we go. We got another weapon too. That's kind of catching him off guard. Right. So you can throw that in there too, but he's awesome, man. His game plan is great. Um, he knows what he wants to do. He, um, so it's just about really getting on page with them and then it's about, you know, gaining the trust. So when you have something for him, you, you got an idea and, or something else you want to change a little bit, you know, that you have it. So he's a lot of fun to catch and he's a class act too. Awesome dude. He's he said he, he doesn't throw his splitter and pens right either. He really doesn't. Uh, wow. he throws his change up. He, he throws, he throws a couple, he throw a couple, but it's, 
it's it's obviously the splitter is a field pitch and he's got it. So he, um, yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, that thing moves so much. I mean, you just got to throw, throw the crap out of it. I think for him, I'm not going to tell you how he throws it. Cause I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's, it's something, it's obviously something, but he throws his change up <laughs> one time, one time we were like, uh, I think the splitter was just up a little bit and we were like, all right, <laughs> I was like, guys, let's try this. Let's mix a change up in a little bit. And we threw one and somebody banged it for like a triple. And uh, <laughs> that's something where it's like, you know what? Like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to try to make an audible here. And it didn't work, but uh, that's very rare that it's changed that his split is really not on, you know? Another thing Logan Webb told me is, is Gossman's pregame routine is he just eats a shit ton of sprinkled donuts. Does he still do that? I haven't seen it, but I know he, um, I know he, he loves donuts. So I remember hearing his <laughs> debut story. Um where you know, it was Adam Jones, I think John, you know that where he was, yeah. we hosted him. Yeah. And um, so we were talking about that. I think this is one of the first times we really met, but uh, we, were, we were talking about that whole thing. And he was saying that, that Jones, he put like, like hundreds of donuts in his locker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you heard that? That story I think is out there. So um, I, I haven't seen him like just inhale donuts before, I mean, unless he does it <laughs> behind closed doors, but uh, I mean, whatever it does, it works. So. He's electric. I wanted to go back into pump, the, the the Jano tire pump here because one game to me that really sticks out was the St. Louis game, the, the Jano game heard around the world. Uh, you hit two home runs in St. Louis. I think it was back-to-back at-bats, both, I think, either to tie the game or take the lead. Let's. This is a trust. This is a true circle here. Were you just kind of like, all right, like I'm, I'm kind of nasty at baseball after that? Like two home runs in a big league game is fucking absurd, right? <laughs> like after you did that, were you just like this, that was cool? Like, did you get did you take did you get a chance to step back and be like, holy shit? That was after I came back too. I was hurt, yeah. Uh, so I came back and it was shortly after I got activated again, and it was just a proud moment. It's like, all right, well, I've been out for about a month, month and a half, and I come back and and um, you know doing stuff offensively to help the team. And it's obviously homers are great, and uh, you know, we we love them. Uh, so it was it was nice to do that and and help the team win, man. It's it's great. It's always, you know, obviously, you know, you can change the game defensively. Like that's, that's you know, the goal as a catcher is to, you know, is to do that. And when you can add on offensively too, um, you know, that's spectacular as well. So yeah, it was cool. Cool game. It was a nice game. First we'll time talk- there too. First time playing there. It was, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah. You talk about first time playing somewhere, someone obviously huge fans of baseball. What to you is the coolest part about being in the big leagues that people don't really know? And the second part of that, what's your favorite place to play on the road? Okay. Um, favorite part about playing in the big leagues is just, I don't know, it's just like you, you get into these games and, and uh, you have the atmosphere of playing different places. And I don't know, it's just, I think it's just, you know, living out your dream every day. Almost, you know what I mean? Like that's, like that's maybe cliche, but that's it's pretty damn cool, you know, and pretty fortunate and grateful for it. So I think it's just going out there and playing against the best and, and knowing that you're in the best league and, uh, um, you know, battling and, and, and in dog fights with your teammates. It's just, it's a cool thing, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, and obviously, you know, traveling to different cities and, and playing in these parks that you grew up watching on TV and, and playing against legends, stuff like that. It's cool. So, uh, favorite, favorite away park you said, right. Favorite away yeah. field. Um, I've always thought Boston was, was awesome. I think the atmosphere there, have you guys been to a Boston game? No. It's it's pretty electric. I mean, it's it's always feels like it's a it's a packed house. And I'll tell you what, 
there's been times where I was struggling. I'm on that on deck circle and that feels like a mile walk to the plate. And it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause the dugouts are far away and stuff like that, but it's cool. I mean, playing at Fenway park, it's, it's, you know, like the, it's, it's, it's so, you know, it's history. Like that, that park is, is, uh, it's been around forever. So, um, you know, and playing and seeing the green monster. And, uh, so it, it's cool. That, that's probably, yeah, it's probably the one for me. Tyler Glass now said it's the water pressure of the showers in every big league park that he's like, all right, this is the show. Like, especially when you're playing in the minors your entire career, you're probably playing in places where it's like, there's no water coming out of the top when you're taking a shower. Tyler Glass now said, which is a honestly kind of a crazy answer. Just that's the only thing he recognizes is <laughs> it's just the water pressure of every single ballpark. You you take a shower, you know, there's water hitting your back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably one too. There's definitely places in the minor leagues where, where, you know, it's not the best shower. So, so grabbing a nice shower after the game, a nice hot one and, and, and the water pressure, that's a good one too. The spreads are spreads aren't really bad either. So, <laughs> Oh my God. And dude, uh, so I, as I told you before the podcast, everyone says that me and you look alike. That's the number one comment is like, I'll make a TikTok saying why like you should be in the everyday lineup or the Jays, whatever. And everyone's like, you're only saying that because you look like him. I'm going to debunk this right now. I think, and Avery could back me up. I think you look more like JR <laughs> than you look like me. Is that crazy, Avery, to say? I mean, I'm, this, I'm is, on it, that is it, train the, is it the, hint of, the hint of red or what? It's always the, the red we got going know, on. I always get, well, I went to, I told Avery this, but you might get this too a little bit, but Canelo is another guy that I get. <laughs> and it's, it's, I tell you, it's just the beard and the tint of orange is what gets the, the tint, just the tint. Yeah. 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 That's good. And the glass is always, always, you know, especially the bigger ones. Right. So yeah, it should always be always glasses all the time, but Jano. So manager change midway through this season, Charlie had been your manager, most of your big league career. What's, what's different about John Schneider being the manager of this group? kind of different managerial styles or if they're very similar that people don't know. Yeah. Um, well, Charlie has always given me, you know, a chance to, to play, right. He's used mm-hmm. the, um, you know, I had Gibby my first year in 18 for the month and a half I was up. And then I've had Charlie um, basically for, for like two and a half years, three, three, three years, pretty much after that. So now I always gonna be grateful for Charlie for, for, you know, for, for sticking with me and throwing me into the battle and stuff like that. And then, you know, obviously with Schneider, like it's a guy that I've known since the day I came into the system. 2013, he was my first manager uh, in the GCL, which was like right when I got there. Um, and I've, I've had him a couple of times along the way and he was a catching guy. And and uh, we've always had this good relationship just 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 from being um, with each other for so long. And, and he's a guy that pushes me and holds me very, you know, very accountable. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's it was he's worked really hard. So, you know, for, to, first of all, like switching a manager halfway through the year is always a strange thing. You know, it is, but, um, you know, I thought he did a great job of, of grabbing it and, and, and going on with it. And, uh, it's obviously it was challenging, you know, as challenges for him too. So, um, you know, I thought he, he handled it like a pro and, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was proud of him and, um, you know, happy for him. He, he, what the thing that I like about Schneider is he seems like the biggest like player coach or just the dude you grabbed off the side of the street that just knows a shit ton about baseball. And one thing that was like it for me was when you guys celebrated making the playoffs, he was just double fisting beers with the boys. Like he was like <laughs> yeah. the backup third baseman just grinding with the guys. <laughs> what, like, what is he like off of the field? Like, is he playing card games with you guys on the plane? Like, is he shooting the shit, like having some beers with you guys? Like, what is he like off the field? Uh, he, he's, uh, 
he's a cool dude, man. He's a guy that you can just have a combo with and, and talk about stuff outside of baseball. And, um, so yeah, he, he, he is a great dude. And, uh, yeah, he, he's one thing I've always raved about him is that he knows how, how people, how people tick a little bit, you know, and he, he everybody's different, especially in a clubhouse. You got guys from all over, all over the world and all that stuff. And, and certain things make certain guys tick. So I thought he's always done a, a good job every step that I've had on, especially at the big league level of, of kind of, uh, you know, of knowing that and, and realizing that and, and communicating uh, like that, you know? So uh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's, a, he's an outstanding dude. He's worked really hard. On a scale of one to 10, though, how, I mean, how mangled were you on that uh, playoff clinching celebration? I mean, everyone got after I Bradley Zimmer, triple <laughs> fisting. You had Lourdes at the top of the table, tail at the top of the table getting after it. Did you get after it a little bit or what? I mean, I didn't have any pants on the, the whole celebration. <laughs> I had a shirt that, I mean, I had clothes on. And I think I still had my cup on, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, it was cool. Um, stuff like that is what you play for, the celebration. Obviously, it's not the way we wanted to end it mm-hmm. with, you know, only the two games. But um, that makes, you know, the whole season, uh, obviously, you know, it's a long season. It's a grind, but that's what we play for, celebrating. And obviously, you want to do that however many more times after. It was it four total times or whatever? So, um, so that was cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. You, you, you have a lot of memories um you know we got some videos and stuff of that night that i'm just gonna cherish so uh it's cool cool jr you wanted to ask him about zim bomb let's ask him about the zim bomb here <laughs> so we obviously we talk about zimmer a lot on this podcast <laughs> uh but what was zimmer like in the locker room we, we, it's a, it's a question a that everyone wants to ask yeah because we would start the narrative that he's the greatest locker room guy of all time and everyone loved him because that was what Jordan Luplo told me when he played with him on the, on the Guardians. Or yeah. I think it was the end of the time. What was Zimmer like in the locker room? Was he like a locker room like guy's guy or what? Yeah, he, he's, he's awesome. I, I, I love Bradley Zimmer and I've played with him. So I met him in the fall league in 2016. He was with the, mm-hmm. with the Indians at the time. And, and uh, dude, the guy is he's so toolsy. He's, he's so talented, right? And obviously he had a – uh, you know, a tough start. And then, you know, he's, he's in the game in the ninth inning in center field, just a gazelle out there and tracking balls down. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of obviously a, a tough role to do, you know what I mean? Where it's, but I'm in the cage, whether I'm, I wasn't playing uh, before or during the game, if I was DHing or just getting ready for a pinch hit and Zimmer's in there working. I mean, the guy works, obviously he wants, he didn't want what, you know, the year he had obviously, but guys toolsy. And, and I saw that, in 2016 when I was with him in the fall league and you know, it's in there. So, uh, locker room guy though. Yeah. Great, great dude. Um, he, uh, I think him and him and Chapman knew each other from, they grew up together, I think. So it, it's easy when you, you know, you go to a team and you know, a couple faces and you got, you know, a good buddy like that too. So, um, I felt like he was you know, comfortable in that way right off the get go and can't say enough good things about him. There's a video of him and we tweeted it of him, like just make believe DJing on a countertop with Matt Chapman. So that's just putting it all together that they grew up together and stuff like that. But another story, and I'm just credit credit to me. I'm just name dropping this entire episode here. So Bryson Stott <laughs> told me that Bradley Zimmer puts on one of the greatest shows of all time in batting practice. Can you maybe talk about this? Because Bryson said he was hitting balls at citizens bank when they played together in BP, that balls just never went like no one hit balls there. Can you maybe he, back he, that up? He did it when we were playing there, when we were, when, when, when he was with us again and we went back, which was after he was with them. Yes. He, um, I was inside, I was catching that game. So I was hitting, uh, group one and I went inside, you know, grab a snack or whatever it may be to get ready for the game. And 
And I, I just heard about the, the show and I've seen it firsthand plenty of times, but I heard about the one at Citizen Bank. He was hitting balls far and he does it to opposite field, center field. So I'm saying, man, the guy's toolsy. He's got stupid juice. And, uh, you know, he showcased it too when he was with, you know, the Guardians and stuff like that when he was playing, you know, a couple years ago with them and all that. So um, you see some of his home runs he's hit. They go far. Yeah. No, he's uh, I, I, I'm assuming he's just going to like absolutely rake for the Dodgers because that's usually what they do. But I, w- I wanted to talk about the playoffs here because obviously me and Jr. were live in attendance for game two. Avery big league game two. He had to make believe coach uh, university baseball in Canada. Um, let's talk. We're not going to talk about what happened in the game, obviously. I want to talk about the atmosphere because you always hear about the Rogers centers is the different beast during the playoffs. It's a different beast when it's packed. What was it like playing in that game after the two tail home runs? I couldn't hear myself think in the five hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. I've heard about it. Um, I've heard I, none of us that were there except for a couple of staff have been there when they were in the playoffs back, you know, a couple of years ago. So, we've always heard about it. And, uh, you know, the fact that we were able to, to bring it home for the wildcard games and, and be in Toronto, like we were psyched about that. And remember we were having like a team meeting before and we're like, this is going to be nuts guys. Like, you know, you never know when it might happen again. So, um, so you, you really want to cherish it and enjoy it and go out there and just kind of look around. So when we got introduced uh, game one and, uh, you know, it was, it was crazy. And then obviously, you know, through game one and game two and the t- two tail bombs and, um, just really everything about it. I remember catching that second game, catching gauze and, you know, you got the, 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 the you're, you're anxious. You got the nerves. It's the, you know, the butterflies going on until you catch the first a couple of balls. That's always how it is for me, you know, but especially, you know, the playoff game and having that place packed and seeing the towels and, and the roars and stuff. It's, it's like everything we heard. So I got a bone to pick really, with really the cool. towels though. I, the towels being blue is crazy. I mean, Matt Festa on the Mariners, another name drop, Matt Festa on the Mariners said that it, when he looked out in the 500s, it looked like there was no one there because the, the towels were blue. We got to get that figured out for next day. We, we need white towels again, like 2015 <laughs> going in the 500. But you mentioned that like w- with the way Kevin Gossman was rolling there and obviously the nerves and all that type of stuff. What are you guys talking in the, like in the, in the dugout, like in between innings, stuff like that? Like what is what's the mindset like there with especially like how much pressure is on you guys to win? Yeah. No, nothing really changed with us communicating. We were just like, Hey, well, you know, I like to, I like to talk with him every, every inning say, Hey, this is what we got coming up. What do you want to do? Like, what are we thinking? Let's, let's, let's attack him with this. Let's do this, do that. And it's, it's just like any other game. And you realize that when you go off for playoff games now, like it's, it's like, it's any other game, you know, obviously there's more at stake, but, you're not going to do well thinking about that and putting all that pressure on you. And it's not like it's, you know, at first it's, it's easier said than done. Right. But it is something where you just got to go out there treat like any game and, and, and battle your ass off and compete and, and really see what happens and just really try to enjoy everything about it. So, so it was, we enjoyed it. Obviously it's a roller coaster game. Uh, you know, I had the best seat in the house and what happened with spring and bow and, and all that. And, uh, so that was that was I haven't watched watch, that still, by see. the way. I, I, I refuse to look back and watch that game because I legit have PTSD. Like oh, we I can't were, get it out of my head, too. I tell you, I had the best seat in the house. I was the only one looking right there. And like, we and you know the I mean? worst thing is is like we're walking, me and JR are walking out of the stadium, and obviously another like we're people are noticing us and stuff like that, and we are just getting like fucking wrote like people are looking at us like what just happened, Johnny? Like I it was the worst memory of my life. Like that game, I just want to erase that from my brain. When I see that on Twitter, I just immediately scroll. It's the worst. It's the worst thing of all time. What is it like for you as a player? 
like to kind of just like erase that from your memory, especially you being so like into the game with the lead you guys had and all that type of stuff. How hard is that to get over it? Yeah, it's, it, it sucked. Uh, but new season's coming soon. You know what I mean? So that's something that obviously you think about and it's one of those things where you don't want to feel it again. And you know, it's, um, it's not like effort was ever a lack or focus. Uh, you know what I mean? From, from really anybody on the, on, you know, in our dugout, it was just, it was just, you know, baseball and weird shit happens, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, tough, yeah, tough game. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is more experience for us in the postseason, you know? So, um, I'm definitely looking forward to, to having the, you know, to, to being back and, and doing some more damage. We're going to talk about this season coming up. We got some new bodies in the clubhouse, Dalton Varsho his high school and your high school 50 minutes apart. I did the Google maps. Did you ever, did you ever play against him growing up? What do you know about Dalton Varsho type reach out type thing? Um, yeah, yeah. So I believe, and, um, I, I looked back too, and I tried to look back at like, I couldn't find school. any box scores. I, if you had played each other, I, I, I couldn't either. Cause I was curious too. Cause I know that I played Marshfield. And I know that's where he's from. Um, but I, my mom sent me a tweet that said that somebody had, had put out there that we played against each other twice. Um, I think he's a little younger. I think he's a year younger. A year younger. So I don't remember when that was. Uh, but, yeah, um, it was not conference. So if it happened, if we, you know, four years, I only played him twice, you know. So, um, I mean, I can't even remember, you know, shit about my high school at Pats <laughs> right now. But, uh um, so yeah, um, obviously, you know, he's, he's a Wisconsin dude, so it's always, you know, another Wisconsinite, um, and, uh, you know, playing, it's always tough, like West coast teams and stuff like that, like teams over there, you know, was like watching and seeing, obviously I know that, um, what kind of player he is and seeing that and, uh, seems like a stud. So, uh, looking forward to meeting him again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And going back into the Varsho stuff, I mean, obviously seeing, you know, the, I'm assuming you've seen some of the highlights and stuff that he brings to the table. How exciting is that? Like just seeing a younger guy come in here who, who's put up good numbers, all MLB finalists, gold glove finalists. What's that like for you as a teammate to just be able to be, to just see this new body come in. this like this refreshing new body that has so much stuff that he could bring to the table. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. It's, you know, it's, it's a great thing. You know, it's, it's, it's unique too, because the guy's a catcher and outfielder and, you know, he obviously steals bags and he's fast. And he's got great jumps and stuff like that. So, um, so it's cool. It's cool to see, you know, I think that uh, obviously knowing that he's a you know, go-go finalist and, and just how good, I think he, what he had, like he had great numbers defensively last year, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's always nice to see that, you know, so you know, I'm excited for it. You're yeah, talking defensively too. Kevin Kiermaier comes in as a catcher. Your job's also to help stop runs there and just the outfield defense should be, incredible it's insane the outfield next year is going to be absurd yeah yeah um yeah, obviously playing against him for years too he's, he, the guy's a gazelle out there you know he's he's uh he's got what platinum glover too right so yeah so yeah i mean obviously the defense in the outfield is is is, is great and you and talk and you guys got a pitcher coming in who i am in love with is chris bassett uh, have you got a chance to reach out to him, maybe talk to him or just like watch some of the, like the, the pitch sequences he throws or stuff like that? Yeah, I reached out to him, uh, pretty much the day we got him, uh, um, you know, just say what's up, man. Welcome to the team and stuff like that. So, 
Uh, obviously, I know that he's got a lot of pitches and likes to to do certain things, but you know, uh, you know, catching a guy like Rue, um, you know, I'm not comparing the two, but it's a guy that has 30 pitches too. So um, it's something that you know, kind of familiar with with you know, working different things and different having ball move different ways and trying to sequence stuff. So um, you know, I'm excited to hit the ground running in spring training and 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 really picking his brain and get on the same page. And and uh, you know, he's a bulldog, so um, super pumped for him. And mentioning Ryu here, I wanted to talk about this because I think me and you talked about this individually during text. You got, I think what gets missed apart, uh, like about Ryu is, is the impact that he has on the clubhouse. I think he was a mentor to Alec Manoa, kind of helped him out, like come up and stuff like that. You guys, I think it was you or it could have been Nate. You guys went out to like a restaurant with him, I believe. Right. And he, what is it like? How, what's it like just the reception that Ryu gets by like, I think it's so it's, is he, is he Korean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I, I think it was you or Nate told me this. You guys went to a Korean restaurant, and Ryu was just like looked upon like a god. Like, but when he went out there, you like he was there, just getting stopped like a million times. There's nothing like it. I'm telling you, there's nothing. There's nothing like it. Uh, it is, it is wild. Um, there, <laughs> one time we went to. Um, I, I've been out with him twice at at uh, you know the, the Korean barbecue restaurants and stuff like that, and. And afterwards, there was one time when there was like fifty some people just waiting because because <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna come up to him during during the meal and stuff like that. You know, they're not gonna they're you know they're obviously respectful and they're not gonna do that. But they're all the whole restaurant was waiting outside after to to see him and meet him and stuff like that. And he's a stand you know, stand up guy. Like he he takes his pictures and and meets him and stuff like that. So yeah, I remember the first time I we went there and you just see everybody's heads like just turns like oh my like there he is. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it's nuts. It's 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 cool. You know, and it's somebody that we play with, you know, and that we just have normal interactions with, you know, and then you see people looking at him like that. It's it's wild. There's really nothing like it. And another guy that I wanted to bring up, and we're talking about like pitchers on your team and stuff like that. A guy that I'm not giving up on is Yusei Kikuchi. We call him Yusei Rivera, um, just based off when he was coming out of the bullpen. What's what's the stuff that this guy brings to the table? Because I think you remember this channel. Avery was Jano catching this game when he had 15 whiffs against the Red Sox, where he was just like the he looked like a young fucking Randy Johnson. <laughs> what's it like catching this dude? Because he has electric stuff. Like last year was kind of an off year, but he does have electric stuff. Yeah, he this guy throws rockets. He throws rockets and and he uh at towards the end of the year, he he kind of uh was manipulating his his slider uh, a little bit more. And, um, you know, I think that it's something where he just has to get just a little bit more comfortable and, you know, in whatever role it may be, but when he's come out of the bullpen, it's like, Hey man, like go get him, like, let it eat, mm-hmm. you know, let it eat, simplify it for him. And cause he throws hard and that thing, that thing is rising and he's got a splitter too, that I think is a little bit overlooked. Like it's a, it's a pretty good pitch, like when it's on and, and it's moving, you know, and, um, you know, something where we can kind of shade a little bit on both sides of the plate, but when he's on and he's letting it eat and that thing's, spinning up i mean he's he's on his game so uh great dude as well um you know i caught him you know when i when i was healthy and stuff i was pretty much with him in there so um obviously a tough year and, and you know i'm feeling it too when i'm with him and stuff like that and obviously you want you know, he's a great dude and he's got good stuff you want him to succeed and he works really hard and he takes takes it hard too when it when it doesn't go well so um, but he is looking to improve after the tough ones, you know, which you is, can't say enough about that. It, it, it's, it's electric that you described him as a rocket arm because we're in the process of making t- like some of the graphic designers that like help us out and stuff like that are making you say Kikuchi shirts 
but instead of a left arm, he just has a rocket of a left arm. So that's that's kind of meant to be that you did say that. So I'm, I'm really happy you did say that. But obviously, a couple more things. So what I, what I want to bring up is is obviously um you're like I mentioned in the early, in the, earlier in the podcast. I mean, you're a dad now. Um, what's it like? Do, do you feel the dad strength, or is that going to come a little bit later down the road? Like, because obviously, I mean, last year you fucking raked. So if that's the case, I would just keep having a kid every single year. But do you start feeling that type of stuff, or like, do you start playing with a purpose more? Or like, does it kind of help you get away from the field? Like, what's the difference that it makes having a kid? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think I hope there's there's that I'm, I'm going to be hitting some dad strength now, and that wasn't just the peak last year. Uh, <laughs> but it's great, man. My son, Miles, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and it's so cool to, you know, to have a son and, or, you know, it's, so yeah, I mean, it puts it in perspective a little bit, you know, like, like, yeah, you know, whatever happens, like my, I'm going to come home good, bad, or ugly. And like, my, you know, Miles is just going to hang out with dad, you know, like that's, I think that's the coolest thing in the world that puts it in perspective. Um, you know, you know, definitely makes me want to bust my ass even more and stuff, but um, if it's a terrible game, well, Hey, I'm going to come home. I'm not going to bring it home with me and I'm going to play with my son, you know? And, 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 uh, so it, it's a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm, you know, super grateful. Uh, you know, we'll try, <laughs> I could probably do a little bit better, better job of trying to get a little bit more sleep, uh, this off season, but, um, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I can't wait. I think we're going to, we're going to roll the Danny Jansen MVP. We're going to start this now. So not just third <laughs> game of the season. You're going to get those chance. It's going to be all year, but I got yeah. one final thing from me. Johnny, people talk about who Johnny is. I want to know your first impressions of Johnny and just someone who is <laughs> relentless at talking all the time, trying to get you on the pod. Just your first impressions of Johnny as a person. Yeah, the guy's electric. I mean, I don't know what else to say it. That's probably his most used used word. He Absol- absolutely <laughs> is. The, the first, uh, I don't know, Johnny, when I did the, you know, the, the, the podcast with you a couple of years back, right? Um, I think I've said electric a thousand times since then. It's just it's in my vocabulary now. <laughs> No, he's, he's obviously, um, you know, he's my, he's my clone, uh, (laughs) but, uh, we, uh, no, he's a great dude, man. It's, it's always, yeah, he's easy to talk to. Um, he's incredibly supportive too. You know, he's always, he's like, um, he's pumping my tires, but I know he's not just doing it to do it. So, uh, does any non family member text you as much as he does? Oh, come on. (laughs) They ain't that bad. He ain't that bad. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. I, I don't text him in the off season. I'll, I'll text him in season, kind of check in on him because he's my guy. And when I say I'll die for Danny Jansen, I will legitimately, if you ever get injured, I will sacrifice, a, I, I will sacrifice a limb if you need one. Or you just, just sacrifice a body part? Just put that, I mean, I, I'm useless. My body is useless. I'm a 187 career hitter. That's what I'll do. But I got a funny story about Jan, Jano. So how I know Jano is through Taylor Guerrero, and I like, me and Taylor Gray got really close, and I would just text him. I, I saw you guys were close, and I was like, dude, we got to get Jano on the podcast. He's like, all right, Jano's in. I just remember, like, that was like, you were like the first big Jays guy that I ever got, and I'm just like a Jays psychopath. Everyone knows that. I was, I tried to keep my cool. So we ha- we were aiming for a Wednesday, and, like, nothing happened. Like, Taylor didn't text me. I, I texted Taylor. I was like, did this guy really just fucking big league me? I was like, I just got big league by Jano. And there was a miscommunication. We did it the next day. So you were like half an inch away from being dead to me. But now we're just boys now. <laughs> you were just half an inch away from being dead to me. But we're good to go now. We're good to go now. We're, we're boys. And by the way, that's funny. JR is our t-shirt guy. 
JR, I want you to get this on the record. We have to get Miles Gate 14. Yeah. Stuff. yeah like, that's can, not even, that's not even a a baby <laughs> size custom. We I want Miles to be dripped in Gate 14 stuff till yeah. he's 30. Like, I yeah. want shirts till yeah, he's 30 years the, old. Give him the caboose. The caboose. Yeah, get him the yeah caboose we got to get him the shirt and uh, the baby size. We will get oh, that man. done. We will <laughs> get that done. But, JR, do you have any, any, uh, any last questions for Jano here? No, it's been awesome. I mean, now you're in our books for, for now you're our guy for forever as being the the first guest, first Jays player with all of us on. So it's uh, we'll, truly we'll all die for you now. Yeah, we'll yeah, all yeah, no, pretty like, much. Yeah, you're part of And I don't think Jano, I, Jano's, not really, yeah. Jano's really not that big on social media and stuff like that. Like, I, humble, I don't think you realize the outreach we have. If we tell mm-hmm. people to start chanting MVP at Jays games yeah. for you, it will happen. So just know, like, the Gate 14, the Master Gators are going to be they're dialed crazy. in on Danny <laughs> Jansen. <laughs> and they're going to be loving Danny Jansen. I'm dialed in on it. I can't wait for him. By the way, th- because I'm such a good guy and I know and I know you and I, I'm kind of familiar with your family and stuff like that. I know your brother does type of media stuff for the Chicago Bears or stuff like that as well, right? He does like a like a uh, like a sports. It, it's show. just him, him and his him and his buddy do it. It's not okay. Sports, what's it called? Plug it for the people. What's it called? Let's let's get some fucking let's get some more viewers from the Gate 14. And if you are a listener of this podcast, if you're a Master Gator and you don't follow this show, you're dead to us. So just what what's the name of the show and what what what's uh, what's the Insta? It's uh, I don't think he has an Instagram. It's on YouTube. I do check in on it and I listen to it. He does a good job. He's got some, some serious insight on it. Um, but he always he'll always send it in like our, our family Snapchat, like the YouTube link. Um, so yeah, him and his buddy do it. He, he's passionate about it, man. I'll tell you what, he loves it. We'll leave it in the uh, we'll leave it in the YouTube uh, description. Does that mean you're a Bears fan Donnie. too? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, God. So I was, yeah, I was I was born in Chicago. Uh, I lived in Wisconsin my whole life. Grew up 30 minutes south of of green bay so that was that was uh that was a grind there's only like two fan bear fans around so um it's been the whole high school are you all in on career. justin fields yeah i think that that he is finally you know he's obviously extreme talent um but seeing this guy get out of the pocket and do some things with his legs like he made history right with just running the ball and all that stuff it's it's, it's cool to see man it's obviously you know you want the guy to stay healthy and and i think that, that he could be the guy yeah, no, it's electric, man. But anyways, Jano, I obviously Avery made it clear. I text you all the time. You know I'm pumped for you coming into this year, man. Obviously, we want to see you healthy. Uh, like I said, you ever need a limb or a body part or like a, a tenant, I got you. Uh, keep doing your thing, man. What a fucking year you had last year, man. I mean, kind of put your name on the map there. 140 weighted runs created plus. Hand up. I don't know what that means. I just know it's good. Hey, J- Avery, what does that mean? What does uh, weighted runs created plus mean? They... I mean, you can pretty much just break it. It's just weighted all like base hits and stuff to hundreds the average. So being 140 is pretty goddamn good. <laughs> I mean, Did if you do a full season pace, you would have hit like 50 goddamn home runs. Yeah, that was that was fucking insane. We'll, we'll so, go for it next year. Yeah, the 50, 50 year, 50, 50, <laughs> 50 singles, 50, 50 home runs. <laughs> Four bags. The Jano yeah, yeah. year, but uh, yeah, man, obviously Jano, keep doing your thing, man. We're pumped for you, bro. We have your back here with gate 14, as you know, um, I appreciate you coming on this and a little bit of a snippet. We do think Dalton Varsha will be coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. Humble bragged hashtag. Thank you, Johnny. But we do appreciate you, Jano, man. Thanks for doing this brother. And we, Thanks, JR, we will get the caboose shirts. Coming. We will. 
Yeah. The people need it. It's all we just got to hope the sizing's right and, and the name's the spelled right. And the name. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah we yeah. got to get the. It was spelled J A N S O N. Jan Sun. Let's just go. Jan owes a couple letters. A couple letters less. Yeah, there We'll get that going. We'll we'll send that to you. We'll get we'll get your kids some shirts. We'll get the wife. We'll get everyone in your family the caboose shirts. Well, you know, we'll put it on my dime. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, Johnny. I got it, Jared. Put it on my tab. But thanks, Jan. I'll keep doing your thing, brother. And uh, we're pumped for you. And obviously, I think we're going to be coming to St. Louis for opening day, maybe doing a vlog down there. So we'll see you down there in St. Louis. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it.